Our nation seems to be more fractured than ever before. The global pandemic has not served to unite Americans against a deadly common foe, the coronavirus, but instead, we've become further divided along political lines, party lines. Civil unrest, economic uncertainty have all created a broken America. Rather than work to heal the wounds, it seems that current political leadership, as well as general discourse in the media and the American public, is widening the gulf between us in terms of getting real results. Join us today for a look at Broken America, 10 Guiding Principles to Restore America with Dr. Jim White on this episode of Therefore What? Therefore What? is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore What? Well, I am uh, really excited to have our guest with us today, Dr. Jim White. You, you've had quite a career. You've uh, shown that uh, business and entrepreneurship and getting involved in community and uh, entrepreneurship and getting people really to engage uh, is the way to move the country forward. Uh, your new book, Broken America, is just so timely and uh, just so critical. I appreciate you joining us this morning and, and give us a little backstory uh, with all of your experience. What is it that led you to this point of really focusing in on how do we fix this broken America? Good morning, boys, and thank you for having me. Backstory, I am a Vietnam veteran. I'm a combat uh, veteran. I am a, have a disability from Vietnam. Uh, when I was a young man and uh, went in the Army, the Army actually, <laughs> to me, was my foundation of leadership and uh, like, a, like a lot of uh, rural Poor people. Uh, uh, the military is, is, is given us opportunities, and that was the case for me. I was so proud when uh, I, I got accepted in different uh, school and uh, ranger and all of those things. I was just very proud to be that have that uniform on. And every time I'd see the flag, I could just get goosebumps. And uh, that's been a guiding principle. Mm. It's uh, all of the things that we were we were taught in training. Uh, and uh, so that's always guided me. And that's o- over 55 years ago. And uh, so that guided me into my business career. And, uh, and then as we fast forward today, I started watching the political climate uh, uh, time ago, and I said, what am I doing about it? I cannot sit on the sideline. So I made a huge shift from uh, the business and the self-help. I said, I, I, I got to tackle, in my opinion, I, I got to tackle some of the issues that I think that, that is going to help us restore this, this nation. So that was the emphasis behind it. But it all started in 1968, my first tour of Vietnam. Oh, it's, wow. uh, uh, very very proud. Well, we uh, one, we thank you for your service, and uh, all of our veterans uh, are just such a great model uh, in terms of what the country stands for and what it needs to stand for moving forward. One of the things is, as we get into your book, Jim, the uh, again, the title, Broken America, I think a lot of people sense that and feel that right now. Uh, even if things are going okay in their part of the world, there's sort of that dis-ease of uh, an underlying angst of something's not quite right. And the thing I, I love most about your book is that your solution to this is something we talk about uh, every day and every week on this program, and that is principles, that it's going to be 
our core bedrock principles that are going to lead us back. You've identified 10 specifically to deal with this broken America. How do we actually restore the country? And uh, I, I want to start with that first one because I think it leads into uh, to your experience, uh, and that is this whole idea of courage. Uh, and then maybe we can go into integrity from there because I love the way you link those two things together. Courage. Uh, when I was uh, writing the book and uh, I was um, thinking about that word and uh, uh, reflecting back on my past experiences and what does courage mean? And for this environment, I view courage as the ability to be able to take a position that is unpopular and courage to be able to take a position that that you believe that is honorable, that is going against the norm and to be able to stand up in the middle of a peer group, uh, I'm going to refer to their congressional body, uh, to be able to set up and say, uh, this is not right, and have the facts to support it. And to be able to take that unpopular position, and and especially from our politicians, uh, as to say, and uh, Congress, uh, a lot of people get in, uh, get into House Representatives, and, uh, and then every two years they're trying to figure out how do I get by, <laughs> versus saying why am I here? Uh, so the, the courage is to uh, to take the unpopular positions and stand up for it and fight for them and forget about it. it's not about you. You, the individual, it's not about me. I say that every day to my staff. It's not about a single individual. It is about the body of people. That's what I was thinking about, and I started writing. I give different examples of of, of courage, and uh, uh, one is when the, a certain party will go along with anything it's said, and when we know it's not true. So why not speak up? Why why sit on the sidelines and just allow? Uh, deterioration to continue. So uh, that was for the premise, and we just continue to dig down that that courage. We've got to have courage right now today to say it is broken. Yeah, <laughs> and no, and, and there's no guarantee. Yeah, that's right. And and uh, I love the fact that you you raise the the issue of courage uh, in the context of Congress. Uh, I think it is one of those lacking character traits right now, and and it's not the. It's not the courage to, you know, to yell talking points uh, or slogans at your enemies. I think you described right. it right, Jim, when you talked about no. This is talking. This is about standing up to your peers. Uh, it's easy. It's easy to say, you know, hold my pen. I'm going to go, you know, take on the opposition party. It's quite another thing to look your party or your people or your friends in the face and say, no, this isn't right. Absolutely, and. Uh... And case in point, uh, uh, Senator uh, Romney um, and, and the position that, uh, that he took, that took courage uh, for him to stand up and, 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 and go against his party. And, and for me, so it's, it's those things is being able to say, no, I'm just not going to go for the ride. But when I decided to become a get into the political arena, why am I doing it? I think we've lost sight of that as well. It is to represent it represent the people you work for the people <laughs> and and to listen to them and uh, just not go along with uh, uh, special favors and uh, and always thinking about well 
I got to do this to get reelected. I say to my executive team on a daily basis, you do your job. You don't have to worry about where you're going to keep your job or not. If you don't do your job, you need to be fired. <laughs> yeah. You need to go away. Uh, I could not agree with that more. <laughs> hey, I want to shift gears now a little bit uh, because I want sure. to I want to tap into uh, some of your experience as a CEO, as a business leader. Uh, you understand this uh, this concept of vision what it means, how it motivates people, how it brings people together. Uh, and I love that you include that as one of those guiding principles to restoring America, to restoring the country. Uh, give us some perspective. What is it about vision that can be a, a real uniting factor for the nation? Oh, man, I love that question, boy. Vision is, uh, again, I get uh, response when I talk about it. Vision is one of the most powerful tools that uh, not only from business, but from a political perspective, you could have. Vision, I paint, I, I just like to paint a picture, a visual picture. It is the best possible future. Where do we want to be? Where are we going? And, and if people understand a vision and you can communicate in such a way that what I call connects the heart and the head, people are going to get behind it. But you got to constantly reinforce. It's got to be clear. It cannot be complex. It's a, it's a route. And I go back to my, my, my military background. We'd have, a, we'd have a vision. We'd have a mission. It would be very clear. So if everybody understood where we were going, we could get on board and get behind it. Now, not everybody may not agree with the vision, but one thing that we can agree with, and go back to the word courage, we can have some courage to say, yeah, I see. I may, I may see it a different way, but I'm on board because this is, the, uh, this is consensus. So this vision thing is a big deal. Every time I'm in, in any of our companies or on any of our properties, uh, I often will walk up to uh, uh, an employee, uh, what's the vision? What's the vision of our company? We have every location. We have our vision, we have our mission, and we have our value statement posted every place that you're going to turn in all the offices, all the factories that we have. I woke up, and that is the, that is the piece. And right now, if somebody can step up and give a real vision for the future of this country, I think we could a vision that people can under, uh, understand and 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 be able to communicate in such a way that it's going to going to motivate us. Right now, we're yeah. we're, we're we're too complacent in, in a lot of a lot of times. So yeah. that vision is an important function. Yeah, so, so vital. I uh, I often joked when I was a uh, chief of staff that, uh, you know, as we talk about, great organizations always have that vision, mission, values. And uh, I said, well, you know, we got to start doing that uh, around the Capitol. If we can have the Declaration of Independence here, we can have the Constitution here, and then we can put the Bill of Rights over here. I think it would be a good reminder for our members of Congress to, to make sure they're actually getting back to that. And uh, so, so important. Uh, because I think one of the things that the vision does, uh, it, it creates that clarity. Uh, it gets rid of all of the confusion, all of the clamor and the chatter. Uh, you described in the book, and you described this as well as I've ever read it, uh, and that is describing one of the important uniting visions of the country, and that is baseball. Uh, you talked about that yeah. uh, after 9-11. Share that with us. Yeah. Well, after, after 9-11, you know, there was a question about where 
the game would be uh, the play and uh, uh, New York and, and the Mets and uh, and uh, and and it was decided that uh, baseball, the American uh, the American sport. So to be able to go forth and uh, uh, when Beyonce came to hit this home run, the the stadium. Just erupted because of uh, uh this win and everybody was behind one thing that was the uh that was the american spirit the, the can do spirit and uh so that was one of i think one of the best things that started bringing the country back together because we were in such pain after 9/11 so that's the reason i wanted to, wanted to share that story it was just like wow that that one home run that one win the the, the mets and uh, uh and and so to me, that that started a healing process, if you will. Yeah. So that's the reason I wanted to share that. I, I think it's just just fantastic uh, as as to what occurred that day. So so baseball in, so important. I, I think one of the other things that uh, I think is so vital for us is to recognize that this really isn't about party. This isn't about the politics of it all. It's it's about the people uh, and it's about these guiding principles. Uh, that's really it. We've been talking this week that you know there's a, a lot of talk as we enter the uh, the fall campaign season and uh, both parties are claiming you know this battle is for the heart and soul of the country and i just don't mm-hmm. buy that i i think the heart and soul of america can only be found in the heart and soul of americans uh, it's not found in washington it's not found in congress uh it's found in the heart yeah. and soul of the people and and you've tapped into that in a in a really unique way i love that you say it's it's important for all of us uh to look in the mirror and ask ourselves if this country is the country our founding fathers and founding mothers intended, and is this what we want to pass down to our descendants? As I was listening to that, I, I remember struggling over uh, over that for a while to, to write it and put it in such a fashion that it would it, it would connect. It is about us. It's not about the politician. It's so. Uh, just in preparation, I was just sitting here having a cup of coffee before we uh, before we connected. And I was just uh, thinking about what magic is it going to be to be able to get all Americans to look in the mirror and recognize that we have a real problem and what we're going to do about it. So we we need a group of people, and the work that you do is just fantastic to be able to bring awareness. And when I wrote the book, uh, I said, as I said earlier, it's it's uh, I can't sit on the sideline. I, I got to do everything I can. If only it's not about selling books; it's about getting information out. Right. Uh, maybe in such a written in such a way so that people can uh, uh, connect with the words differently. And uh, so it's it's about it's all about the American people. And I don't, you know, I'm 71 years old. I've been around for a long time, and and I think we are at a crossroads critical crossroads that every American must look in the mirror and say, is this what we want to pass down to our, our, our kids, our grandkids? And, uh, and, 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 and I think the answer is not right now. Yeah. I, I don't think it's uh, something that we should be proud of. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of work to be sure. Uh, I want to ask you just as we come in our closing moments here, uh, two things. First, uh, I want to ask you, uh, in this process of writing a book, uh, most people don't realize writing is just such a lonely road. <laughs> and a lot of times you're in your own you're in your own head and you're thinking does it does this even matter? What am I doing? Oh, I'm stuck. But there's always that learning uh, that happens along the way. So as you were writing this and of course you've written other books, 
What is it that uh, surprised you as you were writing Broken America? Was there a was there an aha moment? Was there a something that jumped out and surprised you as oh I hadn't thought of it that way? Yes, there's there's many many of those moments. And you know what really really jumped out at me, board was when I was going back and reading the Constitution, and when I started doing more research, I was just curious about to, and, and try to put that day that negotiation at that time. And it was like an aha moment. But we had no technology that we have today. We have, the, the, I'll say, the DNA. And, and yet we came up with this wonderful document that is, is, is test of time. Yeah. It's there. And I said, wow, look at what occurred so many years ago. And look at where we are today. We, we can't agree without trying to tack on a bunch of personal uh, benefits for special interests whatsoever. So that was like, hmm, man, look at what these, uh, what our fathers and mothers did uh, back, at, back at that time. So we should be able to get it right today, especially with all of the uh, technology and as, and as advanced as we become. It just struck me to do more, uh, research more, understand more. Be more open to other people's ideas, uh, and uh, so uh, it, it allowed me to do that. Is, is to be open. I've always uh, prided myself as being open and looking at both sides of the story and trying to get all the facts and gather the facts and let the facts speak uh, speak to me and verify the facts. Uh, and uh, but it was like it gave me a whole new perspective, and and it was also writing a book. Uh, I'll use this word. It was also therapy because I was a little <laughs> angry when I started writing the book. <laughs> Therefore, what? So people have, are, will read this book. Uh, they've been listening to us for 20 minutes now. What do you hope people think different? What do you hope they do different as a result? Well, great question. Therefore, what? Therefore, what? I hope the people that uh, have listened to us today, Boyd, will stop and say, this is our country. And to recognize, recognize, and I don't care what party, I make it very clear in the book, it's, I'm, I'm not about party, recognize that we are on a collision course, and there's never been a guarantee that, an imp, I'm going to use the word empire for a moment, there's no guarantee that we will survive forever, unless we, we as an American people, realize that all the politicians at every level they work for us, and they need a performance evaluation. So therefore, what? You must care about the future of your family. So you've got to stand up, get involved, not sit on the sideline, and we've got to get a better direction going for the country. So therefore, get involved. And uh, maybe this is appropriate, maybe not. But get out and go vote. I don't care who you vote for. It's a free system. And but uh, we've got to get involved. We got to change. We got to change directions. So therefore, what? Get involved. Don't stand on the sideline. Uh, I, I love that. And it is a. Uh, I always remind uh, our listeners that uh, most of the things we complain about, it is not necessarily. We can complain about Congress and uh, we can take complain about politics and political parties, but it's always a we the people issue. Are we holding them accountable? Are we voting? Are we engaging? Jim White loved the book Broken America. 10 Guiding Principles to Restore America. Great insight and uh, a great American. We thank you for your service, Jim, and wish you all the best.
Thank you so much, Board. Thank you, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you. Remember, after the story is told, after the principle is presented, after the discussion and debate have been had, the question for all of us is, therefore what? Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening today, and be sure to rate this episode and leave us a review. Follow us on deseretnews.com slash TW and subscribe to our newsletter. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for engaging with us on Therefore What?